Coyote Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. Rosala Miller, better known simply as Rosala, is a Zimbabwean electronic music performer who was born in what was then northern Rhodesia, now Zambia. At the age of 18, she moved with her parents to her father's country of origin, Zimbabwe, She's best known for her three 1991-1992 hit singles, Faith in the Power of Love, Are You Ready to Fly? And in particular, Everybody's Free to Feel Good, which has been remixed and reissued several times. In December 2016, Billboard magazine ranked her as the 98th most successful dance artist of all time. Rosala continues to release new successful projects with a new album coming out in 2024 and tours the world over with sold-out shows. Up next on Celebsvant, we've got Rosala. Where do we find you in the world and how are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. Nice to meet you, Barrett. And I live in the UK. Um, so now let's rewind to all the very beginning. So at what age did you decide, cool, I want to be in the entertainment world? And how did that journey progress to where we are today? Well, I was born in Zambia and uh, all my life from childhood, I knew I wanted to be a singer, so from very, very young. And uh, my first children's television program was in Zambia. I think I must have been about 10 or 11 where I sang um, on TV. And also that was my first taste of what it was like being uh, in front of a camera, you know, filming me and all these lights. And I just knew, Barrett, this is what I want. <laughs> and then how did that progress from there? Well, you know, so my parents were very supportive, particularly at the time my dad was supportive. And uh, later on, my mom came on board. Then we moved to uh, Zimbabwe. Yep. And uh, there was a, uh, a guy who became a very good friend of mine that uh, started this band. And he heard I liked singing. And, you know, cut a long story short, we formed this band and started doing cover songs um, that we were hearing on the radio. Uh, Zambia and Zimbabwe were very, are still very influenced by Western music. So that's what we, we did and that's what we copied. And we went around the country, you know, performing these songs at clubs, at parties, at whatever. Am I correct in saying that you were the first Zimbabwean to hit the Billboard and UK charts? I, well, you know, I think so. I mean, I can't be 100% uh, sure, but, yeah. um, you know, finding out from my own, uh, view i think probably you could be right and when you hit the charts in those countries was it a surprise or was it part of the goal and the intention it was the goal it was the intention because you know um from zimbabwe when i was going around with the band we called ourselves grab um i joined a, a talent contest because i figured you know i can't keep doing other people's songs i want to yes. record something that's under my own name and fortunately, those uh, talent contests, I won won them all. And the prize was a recording contract with the local record company in Zimbabwe. So, you know, when I look back, Barrett, I think in life, when you put out something and you imagine it, you get there or you get to as close as you possibly possibly can. And it was my life life's ambition and still is to be a singer and earn a living from it. And so I started recording material in Zimbabwe 
um, through this record company. And then I'd gotten to as high as I possibly could in Zimbabwe. And then I thought, right, I want to be an international singer. Because, <laughs> you know, that's the only way I can really, really earn a living, hopefully, from it and be make a, a, a name for myself. And there was um, a British uh, producer that happened to be in Zimbabwe that was friends with a good DJ friend of mine in Zimbabwe. And cut a long story short, they introduced us. And then that opened doors for me to come to the UK. So you've had top 10 hits with a number of songs. Are you still releasing new music? Absolutely. I've got a new album coming out. We've got the release date. I just got it about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, It's coming out on the 24th of February. The title of the album is called Turn on the Light, which features that track as well. And uh, the plan is to release a new single from it a week before the album is released on the 24th of uh, February. So I'm really, really excited about that. From zero to three to four minutes. Your creative process in creating a song. What is that process? Is it easy every time? What motivates it? Let's dive into your creative brain. It uh, varies because sometimes, you know, well, a lot of the time I'm sent tracks that have been written for me or songs that I think can be good for me. Um, Gary Simmons, who runs the label I'm on, has sent me cover songs that maybe have been done in the 50s or the 60s or the 70s and which... We we did for this coming album. There's a few tracks from there that are from years and years ago. And he's thought, you know, that's really up your street. We could sort of do it up and make it more modern and uh, to fit in with uh, the songs that you got on the album. My husband has also chosen a few tracks. Turn on the Light, which is the, the album title for my new album. I co-wrote that with uh, two songwriters. And that was a wonderful process. I remember we were in the studio and uh, the pianist was just playing um, songs he had. He had a musical instrumentation to this track. And he's like, what do you think? And uh, I thought, I love that music. Why don't we just make up a story? And my husband said, why don't you uh, make Turn on the Light a bio- semi-biographical uh, song? So if yeah. you listen to Turn on the Light, I'm talking about my life, how it started and where I am today and how tough the music industry is. But when I go out there, the lights are turned on and the fans are still, you know, happy to see me. So, you know, listen to the the, the words of that song. And so I'm very proud that I, you know, co-wrote that song with um, my two other songwriting friends. And what keeps you motivated to keep releasing music? I absolutely love it. I love singing. I love going out there and performing. Um, Fortunately, you know, uh, when I go out there and perform, the majority of my shows that I do, Barrett, uh, the audience reaction is so phenomenal, and I can't begin to tell you how encouraging that is to me. It just keeps planting that seed of encouragement, and I think they still want me. And then, of course, you know, I get um, given work to go and do gigs, festivals, etc. cetera. Uh, one of the reasons I'm coming to South Africa is to do shows, and that to me speaks volumes that, you know, Rosella still wanted, and I'm thinking – well, as long as I, I'm loving it, I've got my health and uh, I want to keep doing it, why not? So I've got a point of discussion around this. So I'm normally standing right in front at the shows and I take my phone out to take one or two pictures, one or two videos, and I put my phone away. And I notice the people around me have their phones out a lot of the time, trying to get the perfect pictures, videos, tweeting, whatever they're doing. From the persons on the stage seeing a bunch of phones, do you think that disconnects from the energy or do you just think it's where society is? 
Oh my gosh. Personally, I love it. For me, that is like a thumbs up. You okay. know, they, they on my side, they taking pictures of me. And at the end of the day, I'm just another human being, just like anyone in that audience. And they are taking my picture and making me feel like a goddess. I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> I'll have some of that. I'll even do a pose for you. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that uh, thing that you are just a human being. And a lot of the fans perceive that artists are separate from them or up higher than them, so to speak. What is your perception of that and how do you deal with that? Honestly, you know, um, when I'm on that stage and I'm getting this uh, audience reaction and they're looking at me like, wow, you know, Barrett, it's it's something that will never be lost on me. Um, I know where I'm coming from. I know that I've dreamt of this and I'm getting this adulation, which is so will forever be surreal in my world. Because I'm thinking, you know, I'm on that stage or, or on that floor uh, watching an artist and thinking, my gosh, wow. You know, but it's a two-way street, you know. They're giving me this uh, applause and I'm sitting in for the fans. And it's a one-on-one thing to me. I, I'm so grateful. So back in the day, we had CDs, cassettes and vinyls. They are making a massive comeback. I'm very grateful. I love me a CD. I love the pictures. I love the aesthetic of holding something. For me, it's a thank you to you guys for all the hard work that you do. We've also got these streaming platforms that people consume music on. What is your perception of each? I absolutely love that CDs are coming back. I know there's also uh, albums that are coming back. Personally, the pictures are bigger. The writing is bigger. And it's wonderful to hold something in your hands. Yeah. You know, and I love that. Personally, I, I really love that. Being able to stream your music, there's there's obviously there's a place for that. Absolutely, um, Spotify just released uh, how many streams I had this year so far, and it uh, was about seven or eight million. And in that, I had new streams of over a million people. And I think, wow, is that made up numbers? I mean, and that's phenomenal. But sadly, that doesn't cross over into sales. Yeah, and I think. What's wrong here? But that's another conversation. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So the, the basic point of it is that you guys need to be paid correctly and more. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, you know, we're not, we're not getting any younger. Um, fortunately, I'm at a stage in my life where I'm still healthy. I still love doing what I'm doing, going out performing. But when you have album sales that can look after you years later in life, that's your pension. And if you've been streamed 40 million times and getting 20 rand or 20 pounds for it, you, you can't survive on that. So there'll come a time when the artists aren't able to go out and do live work, you know, and not all of them want to go out and do live work. They yeah. have stage fright or God knows what, but uh, they all do uh, something. And that's from their, their songwriting, their material that they put out there. Uh, the fans are, are supportive as in buying it. And then you get these streams, which the one thing about the streams I think is good is that it raises awareness that this artist has got music out. But then what about earning a living from it? There's nothing there. And what's interesting is that the fans don't realize that you guys are yeah. being slow, low paid. I speak to yeah. a lot of people and they, I tell them this and they're like shocked and surprised. Yeah, it is. It's shocking. I mean, I heard an, an interview with, um, uh, forget the singer, James. I'm sorry, I, I forget his name, but he was saying 
he sold about uh sorry he he had about five twenty thousand twenty million streams and he got like five thousand pounds for twenty million streams now i just i can't i don't understand that i mean this is just another something else to me it it is frustrating as an artist you know because i go out there i'm performing i i love what i do fortunately the travel can be quite intensive but i look at it all as um an opportunity i look at it all as a mini holiday you know coming to south africa is just blowing my mind to have this opportunity to perform there and uh you know get paid for it but one day I won't be able to do that. So I'm still going to have my music streamed. Great people will hear of me. But I won't earn a living from that. I won't earn royalties from that. So what mm. happens then? Well, hopefully by then it will be a better system. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I hope so, Barrett. Otherwise, we'll be right back on this podcast discussing <laughs> that next level. <laughs> it's interesting. I discuss it with all the people I interview. And everyone has different perceptions around it. A lot of people think that it now allows them to get the music to different parts of the world where it wouldn't have before, but yet they agree that they should be paid what they're supposed to be paid. Yeah, and I mean, that's why I said earlier, there's a positive to it in that your your music is heard in so many more countries via Spotify. Yeah. Thank you for that. You know, it, it raises a platform positively in some ways, but I think in one of the most important ways is, you know, we all got to earn a living to live, to keep a roof over our heads, put foot on the table. That is vital. It's interesting you mentioned about performing live and a lot of the fans think that you guys have such a glamorous life. But I know you guys work hard. It's on the plane, off the plane, sound check, perform, on the plane, off the plane. Does that ever get tiresome for you? It can do. Um, you know, I did um, quite a few dates where I was booked for some festivals um, in Denmark, mm. uh, in the Scandinavian territories, which, you know, uh, again, I'm I'm just full of gratitude uh, to continually get in work at this stage uh, in my life, in my career. Um, I was flying out every single weekend, nonstop, for about three months, you know, and I loved it. Fortunately, I live about 20 minutes from Gatwick Airport yeah. or 45 minutes from Heathrow. So Friday, I'm flying out. Sunday, I'm coming back. Friday, I'm flying out. And that was happening. I'm going, oh, this is great. You know, this is great. Get to Copenhagen. I'm staying at the airport hotel, going to do my gig, do another gig and fly back to the UK. And that was going on for, you know, three months. And I'm thinking, that's great. I got the work because also the thing with this industry that I'm in, it's very fickle. Yes. It's a very fickle industry. And I, I went through some ups and downs where I was lucky if I even got one gig in a period of two months. And then it's all come back because this uh, back to the 90s. I love the 90s had been revived. So, you know, it's saying, uh, make hay when the sun shines, you, you grab it, you know. And I began to feel after the, the, you know, towards the end of this, um, three months of flying out every single weekend. And sometimes during the weekdays, I'd fly out by Wednesday, Thursday. My body started feeling, I just want to chill because it's getting into the car, getting into the airport, getting yeah. your, your luggage checked, going through being checked and taken out. That whole thing is like, oh, my gosh, here we go again. The way I look at it, I think, you know what? It's not like I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. I'd like to do it for as long as I possibly can. Yeah. So that's what kept me going is that it's an opportunity. You know, what, what would you rather do? Not do this at all or just do the best that you can whilst you're doing it. But it, it does get tiring. 
So when you were having those down times or those bad times, how did you pick yourself up and keep going? I just look at it as, like I said earlier, you know, Barrett, I look at it as an opportunity. I mean, I think, you know, will I be doing this in 10 years' time? Will I be doing this in 15 years' time? Hopefully, but I don't think so. I don't know. Who knows where we are in yeah. the next hour from now? Exactly. We always hope for the best, but the fact is, you know, I am 60 years old next year, by the grace of God. Uh, in 10 to 15 years' time, will I be doing this? I don't know. I hope so. But um, you just got got to pace yourself, I suppose. Yeah. That goes with anything in life, I suppose. Exactly, totally. So I don't know if I had to ask this question. In two hours, two minutes, two years, I know your answer will be different because there are millions of them, and I understand that. But if you had to push play to five songs by other artists, once we finish this conversation, what would those five songs be and by whom? Oh, my goodness. The first one that just sprung to mind was a Whitney Houston. It's okay. Na, 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 na. Okay, yeah. I'm yeah. going to make it anyway. I don't know. That just came just now. Oh, my goodness. And Luther Vandross, it's so amazing. Yeah. It's so amazing to be loved. Oh, my. So that leaves me with three, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hugh Masekela, I did a cover of one of his songs. Um, oh my goodness, don't go, don't go, lose it, baby. Yes, yes, that yes. one. Yeah, so that's yeah. three. Right, two more. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. I guess one of mine. Everybody's free to feel good. Of course, yes. <laughs> and um, baby, come back. You can put yes. it all on me. Yeah. I say that one because, well, you're going to have to buy my album next year. Okay, cool. <laughs> so yeah. So for the listeners, Rosala is going to be in South Africa in January of 2024, performing at the 100% Retro Festival. So Rosala, tell us a little bit more about this. Oh, my goodness. Honestly, Barrett, I'm so excited. I'll be performing with uh, a lot of uh, the guys that are on this the tour we do so many gigs together and have done over the years that we've become friends there's dr alban there's hadaway yeah there's uh, ray from two unlimited yeah. there's daisy d from technotronic there's 24 7 and we have been doing all these gigs i've been telling you about this year and over the years and we've become good friends and you know we up each other and we go you know what guys here we are 30 years later still doing our thing and most of our other artist friends maybe didn't have, you know, hit singles as big as I was back yeah. in the 90s or maybe they don't want to perform uh, and they're not getting any work uh, as much as we are. So we just go, thank you, God. And that's what I mean about even if we're traveling weekend, weekend, uh, weekend and week, week in and week out, you know, um, it's an opportunity because it won't be here forever. Exactly. Uh, so we just think, you know what? Just grab it and let's do our best and enjoy it. Even through tired eyes and tired bones and getting off that plane and feeling, oh, I just want to sleep. And then you go out and perform and the audience are just on your side and it just makes it all worthwhile. As a final message to the listening audience, what would you like to say? I would like to say I thank you all so much for your support over the years. I look forward to meeting some of you out there. I hope you'll come to the gigs in Cape Town and Pretoria. And look out for my new album next year, guys. It's all for you. 